All right, we are in the book of Proverbs together. And as we start our time uh, in Proverbs, I want to talk a little bit about pride today. As a believer and follower of Jesus, I don't want to be a prideful person. I want to be the kind of man who follows Jesus' example. And so when I read the Gospels and I read this great, these great examples of Jesus' humility, I'm inspired by that. In the Gospel of John, John recounts when Jesus, the most esteemed rabbi in the room, put the towel around his waist, the towel of a servant. And he went around to each of his disciples and he did the job of the lowliest person in the room to wash the dirt and grime off of their feet. And the disciples were taken back. Jesus was the rabbi. He should not be doing this. And yet Jesus had no pride. He had humility. Uh, And I want to be like that. Philippians 2, the great chapter on... Uh, Jesus, his nature and who he is, says, though he existed as God, in very nature God, he didn't regard equality with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Like it's this powerful picture of setting aside one's pride and being humble And I want to be like that, but it is so hard. It is so hard. Because I do also want people to think well of me. I kind of like it when people look up to me and respect me. I don't want someone when you come in the door at church to throw your coat at me and say, here boy, go hang up my coat. I don't want that. Who wants that? I've heard the uh, phrase, you'll know that you act like a servant when people treat you like one. Well, I don't want that. I don't want that, but I do want it. Jesus said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But let's be honest, I don't want to be last. Ever. So my prayer is, Lord, I don't want to be humble, but make me humble. As sinful human beings, we must constantly be aware that we are suspect to the temptation of pride. And sometimes the altruistic goal of simply being like Jesus isn't a goal that's motivating enough. Sometimes that's just not quite enough. And so what the authors of Proverbs have done for us is that they have discussed pride and they have told us some of the dangers of pride. If the altruistic goal of being like Jesus isn't enough for you, they say, let's talk about the dangers of pride. And so this is really the twofold approach to pride. Be humble because your master Jesus was humble. Also be humble because pride is very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous. We're in our series in in Proverbs, and I just remind you every single time we do this that there are a lot of stupid people in this world, and I don't want you to be one of them. And the authors of Proverbs don't want you to be one of them, and I don't want to be one of them. We want to follow the way of wisdom. And so that's what this uh, series is about. We've got a couple more weeks still here this summer, but I, I always remind you, what is a proverb? 
A proverb is not a command and it's not a promise. So when we read these things, we can't view them as commands. We can't view them as promise. We have to view them as Kenneth Burke says, I'll show you this every week. You should have it in your Bible. You should write it at the beginning, an understanding of how we read the Proverbs. Proverbs are shorthand for situations in life that recur often enough that people feel the need to have a name for them. And all this brings us to the topic of pride. So let's look at the Proverbs together. And I want to know today if you have dealt with your own pride. Have you? Have you dealt with it? Refusing to deal with your own pride is dangerous. If you have one thing to remember from today, that is it. Refusing to deal with your own pride is dangerous. And so we're going to look at various Proverbs today. We're going to take sort of an approach where we take all the various Proverbs and look at four different passages that speak on this issue of pride. And we're going to do that together today. And so what I first of all want you to do is turn to Proverbs 11, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to put one of those on the screen so you can see it. But again, I always love for you to have your eyes on a page. So we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 11 to start. And the first danger of pride is that pride leads to disgrace. Pride leads to disgrace. Let let me read these two verses, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. When pride comes... Then comes disgrace, there's our word, but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. There are uh, a number of Hebrew words for pride, and oddly enough, while they all have different nuances, they mean pride. I know this is crazy, right? Like they all mean some aspect of pride in the original language. What some words mean have more of the idea of arrogance, thinking about yourself more highly than you should. Some of them have the idea of majesty, like thinking of yourself as king. Some of them just mean that you have a big opinion of yourself. Uh, The one in this passage means overconfidence. This pride here, the pride that, that precedes disgrace, is the idea of overconfidence. The danger of pride is that, in this case, overconfident leads to the very thing you're trying to avoid, disgrace. I mean, that's a great irony. It's like, I want to use my skills and my overconfidence to make everyone think I'm highly esteemed, and yet the very thing you're pursuing will often lead to disgrace. I read recently about, um, it's been in the news, a, a Canadian fertility doctor And uh, he is being sued and having criminal charges processed against him because he performed fertility procedures on thousands of women. At the time, he was recognized as a fertility doctor that had much success. Um, And people were grateful to uh, be seen by him as their patient. And the only problem was that he was substituting his own genetic material for that of the father. Um... That's a problem. And so he, he was doing this, and it was finally uh, uncovered when a number of these babies looked oddly like him. And so uh, they finally prosecuted him, and he fell in disgrace. What, why did he do this? I don't know. It hasn't come out. He hasn't answered that question that I'm aware of. But I can make some assumptions, perhaps. He was loving 
being exalted as this great doctor. Perhaps he was so overconfident he just thought he'd never get caught. And perhaps he just thought the world was a better place with more of his own offspring in it. All of these things are overconfidence. Pride. Think of uh, any sports team that you know that has a, like is at the top of the standings. They've got a great record and they walk in to play a game where they're playing the team at the bottom of the standings. And this is a common problem in sports, especially in the game of baseball, when this happens because they go in overconfident. They think, oh, we don't need to prepare quite as hard. We don't need to try hard. We're so awesome. And these guys are so bad. We're going to crush them. And what inevitably happens? They lose. Are you overconfident? I wonder. Where are you proud in this way? It's probably in some area that you have done enough times to feel like you are an expert in that thing. Where are you overconfident? Um, Having a lot of kids now, uh, I have taught four kids to drive a manual transmission. You know, Uh, in fact, I, I had... One of my kid's friends asked me if I would teach him how to drive a manual transmission. I'm like, you know, okay, I'm pretty good at it. I've done this a lot. I remember, though, uh, being humbled with Anna. Uh, She's my third child, and uh, my oldest two, I had already taught them how to do this. and, And I was just like, I'm really good at this. So come on, Anna, let's go. And we started in the school parking lot, and we spent about five minutes there. I'm like, you know what? You're doing great. Let's just go home. And so she's like white-knuckled, going, I'm like, it'll be fine, don't worry about it. So she gets out on Warrior Lane, and she's going back to her house, and she gets to the light at Warrior Lane in Hickman, and the light turns green, and she gets right in the middle of the intersection, and she kills it. And then she kills it again. And then she kills it again. And all these cars are honking. They're driving around her. Now the light has turned red. And Hickman traffic is going the other way. And she is screaming. And the car is bucking like a Bronco. And I am just just laughing hysterically because I think it's the funniest thing that's ever happened. And she is screaming at me. How could you do this to me? We got home and she's like, I'm never driving your car ever again. (sighs) Overconfidence. (laughs) It's a problem. Refusing to deal with your own pride is dangerous. It will usually lead to disgrace. I have a number of personal examples of my own disgrace today that I will be sharing with you. Uh, It's easier to pick on myself than to pick on any of you. So um, pride, one of the dangers is it leads to disgrace. One of the related dangers of pride, and the second thing I want to talk about today, is that pride leads to destruction. Pride leads to destruction. Flip to Proverbs chapter 16. This might be the most famous proverb on the issue of pride. You have probably heard this before. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. I want to read verse 18 and 19. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Maybe you've heard this before. The English idiom of this is pride goes before a fall. 
And generally, the way this gets used is this is how we pour salt in the open wound of someone who's hurting. That's how it gets used. See, you led to dis- your way led to destruction. Ha <laughs> ha, see, you were, pr- you were proud all along, and we just pour salt in it. And we, we use it in hindsight. But the author of Proverbs is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to use this with foresight and apply it to yourself. Don't be proud because oftentimes it leads to destruction. Pride goes before destruction. Now, I would remind you, again, Proverbs are the way life normally works. It doesn't mean that a prideful person is always going to have a downfall. Otherwise, you could just go, hey, wow, look at that prideful person. Let's just sit back and watch this. This is going to be fun to watch them for destruction. Proverbs aren't commands or promises. They're just the way life normally works. Some of the most prideful people I know are the most successful ones. And they don't always find destruction. But oftentimes they do. And it's usually because of a prideful attitude. And that's how we really get to our next phrase here. Um, It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The haughty spirit, uh, haughty is not a word we use a lot in just everyday language, but it has to do with height. I mean, it's the I am up high and I am looking down my nose at you little people down there who are not as good as me. Prideful, some of the most prideful people I know are successful But the way life normally works is when they're looking down their nose, it's probably going to lead to destruction. For for the author of Proverbs, this is the person, the haughty spirit person is the person who just knows they are the best. And a fall will come. I told you you guys were going to get a lot of personal illustrations today, and here you go, I got another one for you. Uh, when I was a youth pastor many years ago at my church down in Indianola, uh, one of the things I was tasked with, because I wasn't preaching every week, uh, was often I would get the job of doing announcements. And uh, it's uh, something that I would do, and, and uh, a couple people came up to me after service one day, and they were like, hey Dave, of all the people that give announcements, we like you the best. Like, you're witty, you're funny, you're engaging. We just really like the way you give announcements. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I am the best announcement giver at our church. Clearly, you are right. I know that. This is what's happening in my head. <laughs> okay. A few weeks later, this starts to go to my head a little bit. I am the best enough. And so I kind of start taking a little less preparation. You know, I kind of like, eh, whatever. So one day, uh, the stage at our church was really tall. It had like six stairs to get up to it. And uh, it's a pretty big auditorium. And uh, one day I'm sitting down on the floor and not really paying attention, singing, not even really thinking about it. And all of a sudden, everything is quiet, and everyone on stage is staring at me. That is the, uh, hey, you missed your cue, Dave. Like, oh, darn it, i got to get up on stage now. And so I jump out of my chair, and I start running up on stage, taking the stairs to 
at a time, and I get to the very top stair, and my one foot goes over, and my other foot trips on the edge. And I'm not kidding you, because I was moving fast, I did a full Superman across the stage, and then did like this, one of those like slow motion, as they bounced on the stage. And I'm laying there on the ground, and like, how do you recover from that? I mean, we just had this beautiful worship moment, like where people are connecting with God, and then there's that. So I got up, and I stood there, and everyone just clapped for me. Like, it was just, got, got a round of applause. <sighs> literally, pride cometh before a fall. <laughs> like, it was a literal application of this. All right. If the way life normally works is that a fall, or a pride precedes a fall, if that's the way life normally works, how do we avoid this? How do we avoid this? Well, the text tells us, how do we avoid a fall? Verse 19, it's better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to to divide the spoil with the proud. The answer is a lowly spirit. What is a lowly spirit? Well, it's the opposite of pride. Now, it's important to know what the opposite of pride is not. The opposite of pride is not self-hate or self-loathing. That's, that's not the opposite of pride. That is actually a pride in and of itself. The opposite, a lowly spirit, is putting yourself in the proper place. Um, and this is a problem as a culture we've had now for decades. Putting ourselves in the proper place. If you have been raised in America... In the last 30 years, I'd say, I'm just guessing, some of you sociologists would have this uh, number of years better than I, but if you went through school in the last 30 to 40 years, you were probably taught this simple concept. The most important characteristic that you can have is self-esteem. You were taught this. This is the most important thing you can do. Who wants their child to have low self-esteem? No, we need to teach all of our children that the most important thing they could have is self-esteem. And you know what sociologists, sociologists are discovering now? That we have raised generations of narcissists that think that they are the most important people in their worlds. Because we've told them that they are. We said, oh, You can do anything you want. You can look into yourself and do it. A lowly spirit says, God, I submit myself to you. I am your servant, and I will do whatever you want me to do. And I will be able to do it, not because of who I am and my self-esteem, but because my God-esteem. Because I believe that you called me to this and you will provide the resources for me. That's a lowly spirit. The text says the opposite of pride is a lowly spirit. Knowing and being content with your place in life. It is better to be poor. Throw in your lot with the people around you if you're poor. And that's okay than to try to force yourself to be rich by dishonest gain or whatever means. We think, as a, as a church culture, generally here in the United States, but probably around the world, 
I think there has been an overemphasis on the spiritual gift of leadership in the last decades. We care so much about the spiritual gift of leadership. We elevate leaders. We elevate that spiritual gift above all other gifts, it seems. And the leadership, gift of leadership is important, but it's one of the spiritual gifts. And as a result, we have turned our pastors that have a very strong gift of leadership into celebrities. We've turned them into celebrities. Christian celebrity. It's just this great irony. Pastors are the worst. <laughs> you know, the more us pastors, the more we move into celebrity status, the more prideful we tend to become. And we forget who we are. We pastors are fellow servants, sinners, redeemed by the blood of Christ and adopted into his family, just like the rest of those who follow Christ. Pride has no place, but oh, it's tempting. But all we have to look about in the past few years is a string of casualties, of falls, of destruction. I mean, just look at a guy like Mark Driscoll, championed as this bastion of evangelicalism, and he, we find that he was abusive to his staff and there was no room for questioning and it led to his firing. Or James McDonald, he made, at, maintained absolute control of the church finances and wouldn't let anyone ever part of it. And he leveraged so much debt on this church that when it was discovered, he got fired. It's happened to local pastors, even here in Iowa. A little success builds pride and that leads to destruction. I know that I too have pride. I, I'm not foolish enough to think that I have conquered the pride in my life. I am a fellow elders with our other elders at Waukee Community Church. And I ask them to keep my pride in check to point out things that I need to work on. Yet just yesterday, we did my annual review. I gave them a list of things that I need to work on. And I said, okay, what do you have to add to the list? Because I recognize that in me could also be this pride and I don't want it to be there. We have to know who we are. That's a lowly spirit. Not meaning I'm worthless, but meaning I don't place myself higher than I ought. I'm right where God wants me. It's one of the things I love about our church. I love this church family because we know who we are. I love that we don't pretend. We don't measure success. We aren't a mega church and we've never pretended to be, you know? We don't measure success in the number of bottoms and seats. That's just never how we've done it. We've always said that bigger isn't better and bigger isn't worse. Bigger is just bigger. It's just different than it was before. And I love that our church in humility knows this. We are a family who makes disciples, and that's our goal. Two different people said this to me this week. Two different conversations. Dave, they said, I'm not sure you realize this, but Waukee Community Church is really a very special place. It's a place of healing, a place of grace. I love that they didn't say, you know, Dave, you're really special. You make Waukee Community Church special. No, no because it's about us this family is special because of you 
You are the ones that make this special. I'm just a fellow servant. So can I be proud of Waukee Community Church? You bet I can. Should I be now, like after reading all this stuff? Well, I think there's a significant difference. There is a difference between pride in self and pride in others. And I am proud of you. I am proud to be part of this family. I love that we know who we are. Pride leads to disgrace and destruction and refusing to deal with pride is dangerous. Now, the authors of Proverbs say, why does this happen? Why does pride lead to disgrace and destruction? And that takes us to our third point today. And we're going to be over in Proverbs chapter 21. And so you'll need to flip over there now. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 24. The reason why pride leads to destruction is because pride keeps you from listening. Pride keeps you from listening. In in this verse, it says, scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. That word arrogant and pride are essentially the same word. And in the original language, one starts, one's the first word of the sentence and one's the last word of the sentence. And this is so interesting because this word for arrogance or pride has the idea of wideness. It's just the person who is wide, not meaning physically wide, but meaning a wide attitude. The uh, English idiom would be someone who has a big head. And what happens? Perhaps his head is so big that it has grown so big that it has closed off his ear holes and he can no longer listen. So it says this person is called scoffer. Oh, that's a good word. A scoffer is simply one who doesn't listen. He scoffs at others and listens to no one. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers or scoffers. It's the same word. Don't sit with people who don't listen because you'll be like them. That's the idea. Someone in my family who will remain nameless recently knew that I had not seen the movie Black Widow, the latest in the Marvel thing. They knew they had seen it and they knew I hadn't and they started to tell me about the movie. And I did this. La 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 la, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. And I just plugged my ears. <laughs> and I was a scoffer. That is what a scoffer does. You don't actually have to plug your ears to stop listening. I think one of the larger, many, many problems, but one of the larger ones in life is there are people who lack the ability to hear what is wrong with themselves. This is the person that you interact with in life about which you say, I need to tell them something really hard but I can't because I know they won't listen to it. That's a scoffer. Don't be a scoffer. When someone says something hard to you, I want to know and you to do a little self-evaluation right now. What is your reaction 
when someone says something difficult to you that you don't want to hear? Well, do you say, that's not true and I'm not going to listen to it? Or do you say, please explain that to me. Help me understand it, even if it hurts. Because it it's only your pride that keeps you from listening to others. And this pride will lead to many problems in your life. Now, some of you would say, whoa, 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 Dave. The only people that critique me are the constant critics in my life. The only people that, and, and I'm so tired because all they have to say to me is critical things. Well, I would say this. Even to those people, you don't have to engage them in a long conversation to hear what they have to say. And you might hear what they have to say and dismiss it. That's okay. But have you even considered it? If someone has the courage to stand face to face with you and say a hard thing, I think you should honor that enough to at least consider it. Now, if it's just on social media and they're just hiding behind their keyboard saying mean things, that's just dumb. That's not even the same thing. If they're just sending emails. But if they have the courage to look you in the face, the scoffer goes, I don't want to hear what you say. But the one is humble and lowly in spirit says, I will consider that. This is hard because we are depraved sinners. At least we have been prideful since the fall. The truth is, though, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you embrace the gospel, if you have embraced the idea that Jesus shed his blood in your place, he died for your sins, and he rose from the dead victorious, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. If you believe this, then you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And this is powerful because Paul tells us this war going on in us, that this Holy Spirit gives you a new nature and you can say no to your pride. For the first time perhaps in your life, you have the ability to say no to pride. He gives you the strength to see things and hear things that sinful pride would not allow. Refusing to deal with your own pride is dangerous because... We cease listening. The fourth thing is in Proverbs chapter 23. The fourth danger of pride is that pride will humiliate you. Pride will humiliate you. Look at the text, Proverbs 29, verse 23. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. If you are prideful, humiliation is likely coming, and that is the way life normally works and you can sort of see it like you can see someone who's prideful you know that the humiliation's coming it's like sports injuries like alex smith if you ever saw his injury he's a quarterback of the redskins and he gets tackled and this giant football player lands on his leg and just snaps his bone and the bone actually okay i won't describe it sorry some of you'll pass out it's really gross and yet like i couldn't not watch it 
Like Joe Theismann, if you remember that years ago, how many times did you go back and like, they would, they'd, uh, they'd say like, okay, look away if you're squeamish, and then of course no one does, right? Everyone want to see it. It's like watching an old sports injury. You know what's coming. You know what's going to happen, and you just cringe. Any injury video on TikTok, like, you know, you just get in a string of them, right? And you know what's coming. That's the way pride works. Normally, humiliation is coming. And if you are prideful, humility is coming to you whether you want it or not. In some sense, this verse in Proverbs is saying the same thing we've already been saying. Like, well, you may think that pride will exalt you, but you can't exalt yourself. You'll eventually be humbled. So rather than be humiliated, humble yourself. That is the key to being lifted up. Look at the second half of verse 23. But he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. If you want honor, you have to humble yourself. It's coming. So why not step into it yourself? Why not step into it yourself? 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. It's also about what happens when you are brought low without your own choosing. So you might say, okay, I'm going to choose to step into humility before humility finds me. But what happens when that doesn't happen and humility has found you? Well, the author of Proverbs wants to know, if humility has found you, stay down. It's like a boxer that gets knocked out and he's on the ground and... He can't, the count is like at four or five and his trainer's out there yelling at him through the ropes, stay down. Like, you've had enough. You are gonna, if you get up, serious injury is coming your way. Stay down. If you have been humbled, stay down. That's what God wants to say to you today. When you find yourself humbled, lean into it, embrace it, and that you are simply being like Jesus and trust him that at the exact right time, he will lift you up. Refusing to deal with your own pride is dangerous and leaning into humility brings life. All right, let's wrap all this up. Got these four dangers of pride. I want to know what's your pride issue. I want you to answer that in your head today. What's your pride issue? Where are you prideful? I was going to come up with a whole list of examples. Things that you might be prideful about. And I just thought, I, I don't know what's, I, I don't know your heart, but you do. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, he's probably prompting you right now. Where are you prideful? He's telling you, if you're listening, He's prompting you in some way right now. What's your pride issue? And once you know what it is, I would tell you lean into humility. I leave you with the words of Milwaukee Bucks basketball player, Yanni, I can't even say his name, Antetokounmpo. I don't watch the NBA, so, uh, but I came across this quote and I thought it's great. So he is a two-time MVP, just won an NBA championship. He's from Greece and he was asked about how he maintains a small ego in the midst of such success. And here's his reply. I can't do his accent, so just, I won't try. Uh, 
He said, the mindset to have, when you focus on the past, that's your ego. I did this in the past, and I won that in the past. Then, when I focus on the future, assuming, he means assuming that his pride in the past, sex in the past, will translate to the future. When, I'm, when I focus that on the future, that's my pride. I'm going to dominate. That's your pride talking. Then he says this, I try to focus on the moment in the present, and that's humility. That's being humble. That's a skill I'm trying to master, and it's been working so far, I'm not going to stop. As our worship team comes up, I would say, may the Lord deal graciously with you in your pride. May you be brought humble so that you can truly be exalted, because our Lord was also brought low. He was a humble man, a man of sorrows. Let us be like Christ. Heavenly Father, would you ever so carefully deal with our pride? Would you so ever gently lean into, (laughs) help us to lean into the dangers of pride and let us exalt the name of Jesus first in all that we do? We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Would you stand as we close in song?